0: This is the Dover Download Podcast. My name is Christopher Parker, and for the past 25 years, I've had the pleasure of working with, learning from, and talking to a variety of volunteers, staff, and community members. This podcast explores conversations, activities, and a variety of policies and programs which exist here in Dover to improve the community in one way or another. Today, we're going to start a new series here at the Dover Download Podcast. This series focuses on economic and business development in the region. The idea behind it is that we want to hear how other communities are dealing with economic and business development, and then talk to our own James Verdeen at the end about what we're doing here in Dover. Starting us off is Steve Fournier from the town of Newmarket. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Chris. How are you today? Very good. If you could tell the listener a little bit about yourself, I know you listen to the podcast so you know the drill here, what... uh, What can the listener glean from Steve Fournier? So, as you said, my name is Steve Fournier. I'm
1: the town manager of Newmarket. I've been in Newmarket for 11 years. I've been involved in municipal government for well over 20 years. First, being an elected official around in Summersworth. And then when I was in college, I decided to become a municipal manager. I've been in uh, five communities, everywhere from the North Country to the Seacoast,
0: and now in Newmarket. So, I got to think with that breadth of experience you've seen a variety of economic and business development strategies at play from no strategy to tourism to industry. Where do you see Newmarket falling in that? It's funny. When I first got to Newmarket, they were very
1: much looking for industrial development as well as commercial, the big box stores. They thought that that was the way to go. I got to Newmarket right when the downtown project was finished. It was a (laughs) A revamping of the utilities, the main street. At the same time, uh, Chimbrick Builders was uh, redeveloping the mills. And I got there right when it was finished. What people started realizing is that they didn't want industrial and commercial, big box commercial development. They wanted what we call quality of life economic development. Okay. They wanted to be able to stay in town to get their basic services and be able to drive to other communities to go to the, the big box stores when needed. When you
0: say they, do you mean an economic development board? Do you mean the council? I
1: would say the council, really the planning board, did a lot of that as well. The council, the planning board. And we heard a lot from the residents themselves. That's what they wanted. That's what, you know, why don't we have a grocery store? So they put a small market in. Why don't we have more uh, nightlife? Okay, so we put more restaurants in. It wasn't the, oh, we want a big box store. It was, I want to be able to walk downtown, get my cup of coffee, stop by and say hi to people while doing, doing that. And that's what we really looked at. Uh, for the
0: listener, you and I have known each other for a number of yeah. years. So uh, I'm going to say something that's sort of leading, but it's because you and I have had this conversation before, so <laughs> I know it's good filler. Uh, and that <laughs> is that the, the changes that we've seen in economic development over the past three to five years, I think, greatly outweigh the 20 years prior and that quality of life aspect you were just talking about, I think that is something that really has taken hold. Uh, this, it was not a gradual shift from smokestack. It was like, a, okay, let's cut the cord and move on. Exactly.
1: And I think what really pushed that also was the pandemic. We saw that quality of life first because it was like, you know, I, I want to be able to work in an office, get on my bike, ride on the bike trail. I don't want to see the big smokestacks in the area. And then when the pandemic hit, they realized they're not going to the office they're staying at home so they want to be able to walk out and get those things more and not jump in the car to drive. I think that that was really one of the huge changes that you know it's okay that we don't have that. What's going to, if if somebody needs the industry, they can have it in their community. We'll provide other services.
0: Right. The other thing that I think is has, has been a pretty big shift I'm curious your thoughts on is the parochial view of New Market's new market and no one else's new market. Recognizing I think and I use New Market there, but you could say Dover, Russell, Summersworth, whatever. This sort of recognition that the Seacoast as a whole is a strong economic engine. The individual parts certainly play a role, but I contend that without peas, the Seacoast wouldn't be the Seacoast. And, and it's not Portsmouth that's peas in that regard. And I think all of us play a role together
1: in that. Completely agree. Um, When I got to New Market, one of my predecessors purchased a lot of land thinking that it was going to be used for industrial parks. And we have a issue that we're kind of landlocked. We're in the, on the other side of the bay. It's difficult. We don't have any major highways. But they had this notion that we need to build and compete with Portsmouth, Dover, Rochester, Summersworth. And one of the things I always say is it's very difficult to compete with a state-owned industrial park, right? which is huge. And Change my hat. I'm on the PDA board of directors, so I can say this. Yeah. But it's, we realize that that's good for us, though. It's been great for the region. It provides the jobs. It provides the feeder jobs for a lot of the facilities on Pease. Right. And it provides places when people live in the surrounding communities. It gives us vibrant downtowns. It gives us more activities. To be honest, the 15 acres that we're looking at that, he, that my predecessor purchased,
0: we're looking at for recreation. We're trying to go with a recreation zone now. Which, that's a huge economic booster. You know, arts and culture and recreation are are things that I think flew under the radar for so long, but that's where people are really looking to your quality of life point. Absolutely.
1: We have the rail trail head at uh, Rocky M Junction that goes, you could drive from Newmarket on the rail trail to Manchester on bikes. Yeah. And one of the things we looked at was this would make a great area for ancillary businesses, so that bike shops, restaurants, breweries. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we looked at uh, Windsor, Vermont has a similar situation. So that's why we're trying to come up with what we call a recreation zone,
0: that all the businesses in that area has to feed into quality life and recreation. So you mentioned when you started the the downtown rehab, it really was a transportation enhancement project, right? So that had just wrapped up. From there, what How did you capitalize on that? How did you uh, take the next leaps? It was a partnership
1: with the Chimberg uh, developers. Eric um, has been a great partner. We realized that we're going to have a a much greater number of people living in that downtown area that we need to provide services. So, again, we said one of the things we heard, we need a small market or grocery store so we don't have to drive to Lee, Dover, or Stratum to go get basic needs. So we worked with... Eric and uh, Eric Chimberg, and came up with a small market. It was originally going to be a restaurant in this old gas station. We said, that's not what we needed there. We needed something to provide basic services. We knew we needed barbershops, those kind of small things. And it was not to have a a downtown that was only nine to five or five to midnight. We wanted one that people we know live in. And it's yeah, we have everything we need from when somebody wakes up to when we go to bed at night, they can walk across the street and go
0: back to their homes. So with the residential component, do you have a sense for, is it empty nesters? Is it, is it young up and coming? Your proximity to UNH, I get to think, it's both Both of those things are attracted to
1: It is. I mean, we were known for many years. I mean, I grew up in the area. New Market was a very rough community in the 80s and early 90s and it was always a housing mecca for UNH students. Mm -hmm. There there wasn't enough housing on campus so they came to Newmarket. UNH built a lot of housing so we were actually worried that we were going to have a a surplus of, of rental units. That's not that's not happening. We have people who are young professionals just starting out. We have empty nesters a lot of empty nesters. We're seeing it. What I, I always refer to it as the silver tsunami. Mm-hmm. That we thought as soon as the we had some edu- you know, issues with our school system that we fixed, that we were going to see this influx of students. We're not seeing that. Okay. We're seeing Newmarket become a retirement community, and it's been it's actually been great for the economic development. One of the misconceptions is that housing is an economic development, and people think that oh, you build housing, it's going to have such a huge impact on your community services. But what we're seeing is if you don't build the housing, you don't have the employees right. for the uh, right. all the services you want to provide. We're seeing that mindset change recently, that we're going to be looking at more housing as part of economic development. Because again, that helps grow the businesses in the community by providing workers and providing customers. So that's uh, another mindset that we've seen change since the redevelopment.
0: You know, it's interesting in a lot of ways, there's, there's a lot of parity between Dover and Newmarket. The Milltown, the UNH component. For years, I remember Newmarket was where the undergrads lived. Dover was where the grad students lived. And in both cases, more UNH students didn't live in Durham. They lived in those two communities. And then, as you say, uh, someone in Durham wised up and said, you know, we should probably build housing here. And they did for a variety of reasons. It wasn't that simple, I'm sure. right? Uh, but it, it really has been interesting to see how both of our communities have capitalized on what UNH was actually doing to sort of capitalize away from us. And seeing that revisioning and that embracing of, hey, we've got this turnover. It's no longer student rentals. It's rentals for people that have either graduated or are at a different point in life and how can we reflect that demographic's need and i think both communities have done a great job as you say of not cradle to grave so much but breakfast to dinner or post dinner however yep. you want to word
1: that it was like a panic everybody thought once the unh started building all these housing that we're going to lose all these people it didn't happen it could be the fact that you know housing got more expensive mm-hmm. closer to portsmouth you got we just saw more and more people didn't want to have the lifestyle where they had to go out and mow their own lawn. They right. didn't want to go out and shovel their own driveway and
0: do things. Right. They don't want to own things, and they don't want to take care of things.
1: Right, and they just want to live, have a place to sleep and be able to go do other things during the day. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, Dover and Newmarket were perfectly set up for that, that we had a lot of
0: multi-unit housing that people could, were able to do that. You know, I, I think that uh, that downtown rehab, It it came out great. It it both functionally improved things, uh, aesthetically improved things, and it's a pride area, right? I mean, not in the sense of of gender equality, but in the sense of there's a sense of pride when you walk down. I've gone with you. I've gone with others in our new market. I've talked to Eric Chimberg about this, and he said, point blank, the community reinvested in itself, so we want to reinvest in it. And that's the number one thing I hear around the state
1: is I've been to Newmarket recently. I can't believe how much that community has changed. It's funny. I've had a, since I've been there, we actually had to do a pedestrian improvement project because we had so much traffic and foot traffic in downtown that we had to do. Uh, it was basically what we called the the downtown redevelopment part two. We had to put you know cut ca- traffic calming me- methods in, and also we have a parking problem. Who would have ever thought Newmarket would have had a parking problem in discussing potentially a small garage or other means to put uh, in downtown? Is it frustrating for residents? Probably because they can't find a parking space. As the town manager, it's great because there's people in our community. It shows vibrancy. Right. And and it's not, again, it's not from 9 to 5. It's till 11 midnight. We have people in downtown. I will leave a council meeting at 9 o'clock at night, and there's still... Parking, you know, all the cars of downtown and people walking through the downtown area all year round. So functionally, what are some of the tools that New Market has used? We have actually, we're starting to look at that more. We did not, ha- we had an economic development committee. It wasn't a
0: professional staff member. Sometimes those are overrated.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we actually looking at that now, we're getting ready for, yeah, you know, when I started in the business line, long- Time ago, the town manager I was working for at the time said, you're not planning for this current economic boom. You're planning for the next one. So right now, the, uh, my community development director is looking They're redoing the master plan. We are looking at land that we already have that's available for development to rezone and more creative zoning methods to do uh, mixed use. We're discussing uh, a lot with the community what they want. And it's interesting because if you had asked me 10 years ago, if we ever brought up having multifamily housing in new market, everybody would be up in arms. They realize now that we need to have more. We are also working with the Conservation Commission is a big part of this. A lot of land in conservation that we want to be able to use and promote that we don't think we do well enough.
0: A lot of passive recreation opportunities that people don't even think about. Exactly. And
1: we're also um, discussing it with our neighbors. We're talking with Durham to see, okay, what do you want to look at on your portion of of 108? Uh, Our goal is to develop downtown all the way to the town line. What's it going to look like on your side? Right. You know, if you talk to people from around the state, they can't get over the fact that you can drive on the seacoast from one community to the other and not realize you've left one community, the yeah. other. There's such a separation of communities in the re- remainder of the state, but we're so compact. Yeah, you know, we all look alike, sort right. of. Right. That you can't. That old Milltown feel. Exactly. That you don't get that notion that, oh, I've left right. Dover to go to Durham or Durham to Newmarket. Right. And I think that's also
0: part of the charm, and the people like this, and that's what the development they like. One of the things that I think we should touch on is that visioning and how you. you you struck a chord with me. Uh, it made me think about an instance here when you said, we're not dealing with this or we're not working towards this economic boom. We're thinking about the next one. And that's a lot of the philosophy behind why we have a garage here, because a parking commission chair at the time said, we're fine now, but when we get through the next economic boom, we're going to have a uh, lack of parking and we need to get ahead of that. And that sort of forethought Needs to be a play to have a strong economic development philosophy in my mind. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of the things that we're
1: discussing is the notion of fifty-five above only communities or age restricted communities. And you know, I talked to a developer, and they were they were mentioning it. And I said, "Look, that's off the table now." This notion that we need to build just for to, to limit the number of students in a in the school is is not there. The our we all know school populations are dropping. So it's safe to build housing for those and, that need it, no matter the age. And I think that's what we're looking at now is, okay, mixed use. You know, Dover has a great example with Point Place right. of almost a self-contained
0: community. Yeah. And that's the kind of economic development that we would look for. You know, that's an example that's special to me in the sense that I grew up on Dover Point. And I think I've said on this podcast, I know I've said it to you before. You know, my mom always said she had to go to Newington to go to the grocery store, yep. um, and there was no banks, there was no fuel, there was not. You know, you you either came through congestion downtown, or you went to Newington. And so, to see that project come to fruition and really not just succeed but excel, uh, has been has been great to see because it is a, a node, it is a uh, a hub of activity. Yeah, and I think what
1: people may have the misconception when planning that at the beginning is. It's going to have such a huge impact on the quality of life of the surrounding area that's already there. Like, we're going to have all these additional people. You do, but you don't notice it. Right. It's also a positive now, as you just said, that Mr. and Mrs. Smith don't have to drive to Newington to get their groceries right. or try to go across town to go just to the bank. Right. You have one in your neighborhood. It's building a neighborhood that people miss and thought was gone when the 80s and right. came with the development of the malls and the strip malls, that it's coming back for the neighborhood nodes. Right. And that's what we're looking at.
0: The other interesting thing, and, and Point Place initially was, uh, there were aspects that were supposed to be 55 and older if you were doing the single family homes. And we quickly went away from that, realizing, number one, why limit your market? Number two, why discriminate? Right. I mean, it's it's can be posed as a, We're trying to protect people, but it really is, in my mind, discrimination. I had a developer tell me they were were asking for a density bonus on a project, a single family home project here in Dover. And they said, Yeah, it's going to be 55 and older. That'll help. And I said, Actually, that might make us want to do less because we just built a brand new high school. We need students. We want a vibrancy. We, we, We want to have that well-rounded community here. Yeah, we're and we're in the same situation yeah. with our high
1: school. We just renovated it. It was gutted and it's basically a brand new high school in the same shell. And we realized that we have room for almost 100 more students yeah. that we know we can take in with no impact on the education system. And you're right, housing is a way to, to do that or try to get another community who's to, growing to send their students to, to Newmarket. This notion that every bit of housing you bring in is going to add three kids to the school system is gone, right? And I think that's one of the big fears and misconceptions of any housing economic development that we have out there is, oh my god, it's going to put such an impact on the schools. It doesn't because you're just not seeing the the kids in the housing, right?
0: Yeah, there's there's two major demographic shifts that that I think are occurring. The first is First-time homeowners, when you and I were younger, 28 was your first-time homeowner. It's now 38. Yeah. 58 is is the average time you're buying your second home. Why someone's buying a home at 58, I don't know. I'd be thinking about retirement personally. But in line with that, the age that you first have a child has gone from 24 to 32. And so that, I think people aren't seeing that because they're thinking historically where they were at. Right. And so the this fear of kids, and I do think in this state, kids is a four-letter word. Like no one for a long time wanted kids because it was deemed as a tax burden. But they're not because if, if you look at the demographic shifts and if you look at our enrollment data, it's not having the, the bear. If anything, I think you want to have more efficiency by having more... Kids taught by less teachers, as opposed to having more teachers teach less kids. Exactly.
1: It's it's you know we're seeing the this notion that every kid that comes in the school district, and you know use the term almost it was a discrimi- discrimination against families, right? And you saw that in the zoning also yeah. of the eighties and nineties of well. The first-time home buyer can't afford a two-acre minimum McMansion. Right. They, you know, after the the wars, they always came into the quarter-acre ranch or small home to start, and then went up. But now, you're because they, you know that's where the families lived. Right. Well, being afraid of the schools and what the impact was going to do, most communities said, "Well, I'm going to have a two-acre minimum, and it's going to be the sprawl housing development." Right. And all it did was. Now that we're we're feeling the pain of that by not being able to have people live to work in our jobs that we have in the area, right. because you don't have the smaller housing developments for the first-time homebuyers, and that's why probably they are thirty-eight now, right? They're going to, to nice. buy their first home because you have to buy it on a two-acre minimum.
0: Right. So, what's next for New Market? Where do you want to go, or where does the community want to go? Is the, the community? You know, which I'm, I hope my visions are the same with the community.
1: If not, <laughs> I got a problem. <laughs> You know, we, we started that discussion now. We have a few swaths of empty land on 108, which we refer to as North Main Street, okay. on 152, which is um, sort of almost on the Lee line, which is old uh, gravel pits that are going to be closing soon. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, we have the uh, other gateway, which is on the Newfields line where the Rockingham Country Club is, where the okay. rail trailhead yeah. is. And we're looking at developing those right now. We'll call them the Gateway Projects. North Main Street, we're looking to extend downtown to the, as far as we can get to the town border. And there's a number of acres of land back there, which we'd love to see a development similar to Point Place, as well as the one on 152, because it's one of the things that interesting that we notice in Newmarket is depending on where you live is where you commute. Mm-hmm. If you live on the east side, you commute to Portsmouth or Dover. If you live on the west side, you commute to Manchester. You get on 125 to 101. So we're that kind of that split there as well. And as I mentioned, the other one on South Gateway on 108, we're looking at doing a recreation zone. We want quality of life that people can just come in, get on their bikes, be able to drive to Manchester, hopefully in the future Portsmouth. But we'll be the hub and provide services that they need there. We're looking at using our own land to provide possibly bike paths or um, some mountain bike paths, BMX paths. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be the big industrial Right. We're just not
0: looking at that. As we wrap up, what should the listener know about New Market that they might not have known before? Well, first of all, it's not that far.
1: <laughs> One of the things I always hear, it seems like it's so far away. It's less than 20 minutes. And it's actually a very growing, progressive community. Uh, this notion, the, other, the notion that's full of hippies and mill workers of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s is gone. It's professionals. It's great restaurants, great businesses. Uh, if you need housing, we have great housing stock and a great educational system. So I think that
0: people had this notion of the old mill town of Newmarket, but that's gone. I, uh, I got to say, I appreciate you coming in this morning, but I also appreciate the guidance you've given me over the past uh, 15, 20 years, just running ideas by you. One of the things that most influenced me was uh, we were both at a, um, a conference on stormwater management. And you got up and you gave a speech about how the environmentalists focus on the environmental, but when you're talking to legislators, you need to be talking about the financial impacts and focusing on the broad aspects of it, not just that, which for an economic development podcast doesn't play a role uh, per se, but... Your point, I think, carries over in the sense that whether it's a rail trail, whether it's a recreation area, whether it's turning from industrial to more of a business climate, it is about the finances and it is about the return on investment. And I think that's something that we can all learn from, from both your experience and from Newmarket in general.
1: And I think, you know, thanks, Chris, for that. But I think also what you just stated highlights that's something. Cool. I know. But I, well, I thing that you, you stated highlights something that I think... The general public and you mentioned it earlier about us being parochial and competing. I don't think the general public realizes that we all talk all the right. time. Right. <laughs> we have texting. We, act, we bounce things off each other. Yeah. We'll even say, "Hey, this may not fit with us. This may fit with you." Yeah. So I, I think that's a good thing that the public needs to know that we work together. Yeah.
0: Even though we're in different communities, but we work together for the greater good of our region. Right. You mentioned earlier peas and for all of the activity there, they need suppliers. They need uh, people that can provide maybe the smaller components that are then pulled together at those larger areas. And that's absolutely, we hear that all the time.
1: The small business in Rochester to provide the pieces that they can build exactly the larger things
0: and, uh, at peace. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. I appreciate you coming in today. Thank you for having Great me. Great day. You too. Dover has a wealth of history in its over
2: 400 years of existence. Coming up, Mike Gillis is going to share some of that history with us. This week in 1924, a new chapter in winter sports was written on the slopes of Garrison Hill. The opening of a ski jump drew a crowd of over a thousand enthusiastic spectators. They gathered, despite the February chill, to witness an impressive exhibition of ski jumping by the University of New Hampshire Outing Club, highlighted by collegiate ski champion Gunnar Michelson's breathtaking 63-foot leap. Garrison Hill, already a popular destination due to its toboggan chute, embraced the ski jump as the latest winter attraction. The popularity of skiing on Garrison Hill persisted into the 1960s. The hill was equipped with two slopes, a rope tow, and a warming hut, making it a local winter wonderland. Free ski lessons sparked a passion for outdoor winter activities among residents. However, by the late 1960s, the municipal ski slope faced closure. The combination of rising costs, declining use, and erratic snowfalls each year made the operation unsustainable. Despite this setback, Garrison Hill's legacy as a winter destination was not forgotten. The ski area was later revived, repurposed with a small area for skiing and sledding. Today, Garrison Hill still offers winter fun, though the lack of snow this year has cast a bit of a quiet spell on its slopes.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dover Download this week. If you like what you heard, subscribe through your favorite podcast aggregator. And if you have something you want to hear a topic on, let us know. Finally, this is just one of the many ways we share information about the City of Dover. You can subscribe to the Dover Downloads email newsletter every week or other newsletters that we have by going to the City of Dover homepage, www.dover.nh.gov. Have a great week.